G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast coming at you on a Saturday afternoon in the lead up to Christmas. Another Fast Five, going to be a pretty quick and not too packed episode today. There's not a hell of a lot to talk about other than some trending NFL topics. Speaking of the NFL, the latest piece that I'm working on that will probably be up by the time that you're listening to this is what's at stake in the final fortnight of the 2019 regular season. The playoffs are just around the corner, but the last two weeks do have plenty of implications still up for grabs, so make sure you check that out, as long, along with the NBA Fantasy article that I wrote, talking about some of the waiver wire moves you might want to make heading into 2020. AFL Fantasy piece on the way as well. I'm going to endeavour to get that done on Sunday, but if not, that'll be up very early next week. All right, diving into the Fast Five. First cab off the rank, I'm looking at Week 16 in the NFL. Looking through the schedule, this weekend is much better than Week 17, and Pretty much all the important division and award races could be decided this weekend. First game that I want to focus on is the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. And my gut really wants me to pick the Buffalo Bills. They're a great defensive unit. They're playing awesome football at the moment. They've won double-digit games for the first time since 1999. And they're still in with a chance to win the NFC East. They need to defeat New England on the weekend and then hope that the Pats lose to Miami, which surely won't happen. But... Regardless, the Bills are a team to worry about and a team that I wouldn't want to play in the postseason, so make sure you watch that game with much anticipation. New Orleans and Tennessee is one that I didn't think at this time of the year would be intriguing, but it certainly is. New Orleans is one of the NSC teams who are vying for a first-round buy and, in my opinion, one of the best poised teams to win one of those coveted top two spots, but the Titans have plenty on the line as well. They want to stay not only in the playoff race, but in the AFC South race. Taking on the Houston Texans in the final week of the season might see that game determine the winner of the AFC South, and the Saints taking on the Titans is a game that I will be watching very closely over the weekend. Another one on Monday night, we'll see the Packers versus the Vikings. If Green Bay does get the win, they pretty much sew up the NFC North, and I expect them to do that. However, the Vikings are another team similar to Buffalo that I've got a lot of hope in. I really like Minnesota. I picked them to make the Super Bowl last year, and that didn't really come to fruition, but at 10-4, and four, they're still an impressive football team, and while I think the Packers will get the job done on Monday Night Football, the Vikings are one to watch late into 2019. All those games are really just an appetizer for what I think is the most important game over the next two weeks, and I'm going to give Dallas and Philadelphia their own little section. So the second thing that I want to discuss is the race for the NFC East. At the moment, Philly and Dallas haven't really had the season they thought, both sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, but it will be very intriguing to see which one of these two teams does claim the division title and the fourth playoff seed in the NFC. That'll probably lead to them playing someone like Minnesota, or depending on what happens with Seattle and San Fran, one of those teams. So it doesn't seem like either Dallas or Philadelphia will be in for a long playoff stint, but there's a hell of a lot on the line in this match. Like I said, both teams 7-7, seven and seven, so they're tied at the moment. Dallas won previously in Week 7, smoking Philadelphia 37-10. to 10. So Philly not only needs to win this game, but they also need to beat the Giants next week at home, which should happen if they want to win the division. If Dallas does lose and they maybe go 8-8 eight and eight or something like that, it might be the end of the Jason Garrett era as well. He's one of the coaches definitely on the hot seat in the final few weeks. And while I think you have to seriously consider what 
better alternatives there are out there for Garrett. If he does fail to get the Cowboys into the postseason, it doesn't really bode well for his uh, job security. Philly, on the other hand, Carson Wentz has had a lot of his receivers and a lot of his talent injured, including his offensive line, but he's had a pretty average season thus far as well. So it's an interesting match for partially the wrong reasons. I think I'm going to side with Philadelphia. Part of the reason is because I put money on uh, the the Sixers, wrong sport, on the Eagles to make the postseason, and I kind of want to talk it into existence. I might double down and... uh, hedge my bets by putting money on Dallas to win this game, but I think Philly has a better roster. Dallas does seem to be peaking at the right time of year, though. They smoked LA last week, and their running game with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard will be hard for the Eagles to stop, but playing this game in Philly, I think I'm going to side with the Eagles. I already talked a little bit about Jason Garrett, but the third topic in today's Fast Five, I want to look at some of the other NFL coaches who might get the can at the end of the season. Black Monday is fast approaching, which is commonly the day that most coaches are let go if they are fired, the last or the first Monday after the regular season, I should say. Surprisingly, the Detroit Lions announced that they're not going to be firing their coach or their GM. Matt Patricia is going to be staying, and despite just going 9-21, and 21, I think, over the last two seasons thus far, I don't really understand why they want to keep him around. In saying that, there is something to be said about longevity and giving these coaches a decent chunk of time to try and turn their season or their team around. Matthew Stafford has been injured for the last few weeks as well, so maybe if he hadn't have been hurt, the Lions would have been closer to seven or eight wins and we might not be as harsh on them. But Matt Patricia will definitely be in the firing line for 2020, and if he doesn't get his act together and turn Detroit into a winning team in the near future, I think that he'll be gone pretty early in the 2020 season. Another coach who was in the firing line but now I expect to keep his job is Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. Back-to-back wins, including an impressive one against San Francisco last week, has pretty much saved Dan Quinn, I think. He was number one in my power rankings when I looked at uh, coaches on the hot seat a few weeks back, but I think now Dan Quinn is okay. He has somewhat turned around Atlanta's defense and done enough in my eyes to keep his job. Same can't be said for a few other blokes who I had pretty high up on the hot seat power rankings. The likes of Adam Gase uh, of the New York Jets, Pat Shermer of the New York Giants, Doug Marone of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd be surprised if at least a few of those guys weren't let go at the end of the season. Another dude who could maybe find himself axed, but I think is again a little bit tough to predict and will probably be determined by what happens in the next few weeks is Freddie Kitchens, first year coach with the Browns. A lot of expectation came with him this season and they've really failed and haven't let the world on fire like a lot of us thought. Maybe he won't lose his head coaching role, but he might lose play calling responsibilities because their offense has looked terrible so far this season. So there's a couple of the coaching candidacies and a couple of the jobs that'll be interesting to monitor. Again, There's some teams that might not choose to be on the front foot and fire their guys. Adam Gase in his first year, similar with Freddie Kitchens, might not get the can because, like I said, there is something about longevity and keeping these guys in the mix for a while and giving them a chance to build on the foundation that they've laid throughout the start of their careers. But you have to also look at what coaching candidates will be up for grabs. So there's a couple of dudes, Matt Rule, Ron Rivera, um, who else am I thinking? Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, another college coach that will garner some interest. If one of those or some of those guys do emerge and they do potentially become NFL head coaching candidates, then it might see some of these franchises pull the trigger on their current coach to secure another dude to lead them into the future. 
Next topic on the Fast Five, I want to talk about the Bucks versus Lakers. I didn't get to watch this game live, but went back and watched the important parts of Giannis clashing with LeBron. And what did we learn? Honestly, not much. I don't think anything can really be taken away from one game in an 82-game season. However, Giannis taking and making a lot of threes is an impressive thing that we've seen so far this season. And I think it's telling that he made five of them against the Lakers. There was one, I can't remember exactly when it occurred in the game, but it was a catch and shoot from range where we usually see the likes of Dame Lillard and Steph Curry shoot. But Giannis not only shot it with confidence, but made the three. So I think that he has taken another step up in his development and gone up another level, which is leading this Bucks team to a record that I honestly didn't see coming. They're 25 and four right now. The Lakers are obviously not too far behind and are right in that mix as one of the best squads in the NBA. A lot of people are asking if this is an NBA Finals preview. I sure hope so, because it would be wicked to watch the Bucks versus Lakers clash in a best of seven series. Right now, I think the Bucks and the Lakers are not separating themselves from the rest of the pack. There are plenty of other candidates. I'm a big fan of the Nuggets. I like the Clippers, obviously. Miami and Boston out east are causing a lot of noise. So it's too early to tell who I think is going to be an NBA Finals candidate. But the Bucks and Lakers are definitely leading the race in their respective conferences. Finally, the last topic I want to discuss today is Richmond defender Alex Rance. Again, we're in a bit of a lull when it comes to AFL news, but Rance surprisingly announced his retirement from the game of football after missing all of last year with an ACL injury. So it was something that no one really saw coming. At the end of the day, Rance has had a pretty solid career thus far, and I can't blame him for making this type of decision. He said he wanted to focus more on his family and his faith. So Kudos to the 30-year-old who's had a pretty impressive career and a career that a lot of people would be uh, jealous of. So he played 200 games for the Tigers, obviously won a flag with them in 2017. Before injuring his knee in 2019, he'd made five consecutive All-Australian squads. He was the Jack Dyer medalist in 2015 as Richmond's best and fairest, came runner-up a couple of times, was their vice-captain as well at the time of retirement. So there's a lot of accolades that talk about how good a defender and how good a player Alex Rance has been over his career. Arguably one of the best defenders in the past decade. So kudos to Alex Rance for a pretty memorable career, and I hope he enjoys his retirement. That's all I got for this Fast Five. Make sure you check out those aforementioned articles that I talked about at sportsbyfry.com. AFL Fantasy One is on the way. Plenty of rookies to discuss. So I'm going to stop talking, edit this podcast, and get back to writing. But thanks for listening to this episode. Have a great weekend. Till next time. Peace.